The Chicago Blackhawks put up their best performance in the past week, but still aren't able to put an end to their losing skid. On today's episode, I'll break down Arvid Soderblom's rebound troubles, Nick Foligno's big night, and Lucas Reichel's return to the lineup. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2, or you could go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also just a quick reminder to please go and show some support if you haven't done so already by smashing that like button, commenting down below as well. And of course, subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. Honestly, if you aren't already subscribed at this point, I don't know what you're doing because it won't cost you anything. It's 100% free and it really does help me in the show out tremendously. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get notified when the episode is uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Game Time. Go and download the Game Time app right now and be sure to use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps because if you do, you'll get $20 off to the sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Another show, another loss to break down here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast as the Chicago Blackhawks were not able to put an end to their losing skid last night against the Nashville Predators, falling 4-3 to three in overtime. Um, and yeah, now they've lost 10 of their last 12 total Blackhawks fans. And because of this recent poor stretch, they are now dead last in the NHL standings. Yes, you heard me correctly. Even below the San Jose Sharks, our Chicago Blackhawks are now number 32. I would say we've hit rock bottom, but I'm uh, going to bite my tongue there because things always seemingly could get worse for this Blackhawks team if I've learned anything as the host of the show over the last couple of years. However, their performance against the Nashville Predators last night was certainly their best outing of the past week, which really isn't saying all that much following three consecutive stinkers in Detroit, in Winnipeg, and in Minnesota. They did have a really good outing, I thought, last night and showed some resiliency and and some urgency for the first time in a while. And as someone who is in attendance, I can appreciate the Blackhawks at least making this in entertaining game and at least making it something worth watching. It wasn't, you know, the four to one or five to one losses we've got accustomed to here in their last couple of showings. So that certainly kind of uh, felt like a win in and alone of itself, uh, considering what the team has been through the past couple of weeks. It has not been good. And the fact that they made it competitive and entertaining all the way through, um, honestly, I kind of consider that a, a win of its own, but There were some good things to take out of last night's showing, despite not coming out on the right side of the final outcome. Mostly, though, coming from the Blackhawks, 17-16-15 third line of Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, and Joey Anderson. They had a pretty quiet uh, road trip, as it was Connor Bedard who was the one who was doing most of the heavy lifting there. Uh, But they returned to doing what they were doing prior to the Blackhawks 
going on the road. A really good effort out of those three last night. And quite honestly, the, the Bedard line had some good moments. And I, I thought the power play, while they didn't fully build off of the showing that they had on Sunday in Minnesota, like I had hoped them to, and they didn't get the finished product, it, it was better altogether. And there was some decent puck movement. I thought the Predators, to their credit, did a really good job of uh, blocking shots and not giving Connor Bedard many open opportunities. And that's the tough part about the power play too, is having to run it through Connor Bedard, you know, 18 years old. That's going to be an issue for your offense if he's kind of your go-to guy at this point in time, right here, right now. Um, But yeah, it was a really good performance from the Blackhawks. Third line, they were uh, involved in all three of the Blackhawks goals. The first of which was uh, just a gritty, grinded out type of goal by Jason Dickinson or by Nick Felino, excuse me. Not really sure how he wound up sneak, sneaking that one by UC Saros, but one of my goals coming into this game was for the Blackhawks to make it gritty, to make it greasy. Those are going to be the things that help out this struggling offense when they're really not finding the back of the net consistently. And I thought they did that pretty well last night in this third line was the one who led that charge. I mentioned Felino's gritty goal to kind of kick things off. That put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing after 20 minutes. Um, the Predators were the ones who had the lead in shots on goal after the first period, but I really did like the Blackhawks' offensive zone cycles that they had. I thought thought they maintained some, some good time in the offensive zone, which is a welcome change of pace too. So even though uh, they, they only registered six shots themselves, I believe, in the first period, uh, they came out ahead, and I think that's a start that they'll take um, always, shape, or form each and every night. And then the second period, the, the opening five minutes of the second, it almost kind of felt like this game was two different games within itself because there was the first period where Felino's tally was the only goal. In the third period, there wasn't any scoring. There was also, of course, no scoring in the five-minute three-on-three overtime session. So, <clears throat> The Blackhawks went into a shootout for the first time this year. And then there was the opening five minutes of the second period. The Preds kind of uh, stormed out of the intermission, shell-shocked the Blackhawks, I think, a little bit with two quick tallies in 26 seconds. But I mentioned the resiliency that the Blackhawks showed, a very good response. They could have easily, I mean, like we've seen basically every game they had on the road, right? I'm pretty sure other than Minnesota, in Detroit and Winnipeg, they scored in that first period and they were in the game until they kind of let things get out of hand there in the middle frame and momentum had completely shifted out of their sails. That wasn't the case in last night's showing. They fought right back. Again, this third line, um, Nick Foligno with a nice play to set up the red hot certified goal scorer, Jason Dickinson with another beautiful snipe. I mean, it's not only that Jason Dickinson now has six goals in his last eight games. And with eight the season, he's already won off his career high, but it's the way that he's been doing it. I mean, most of these are coming from, you know, wrist shots out on top of the circle. He's fooling opposing goaltenders right now. That's why I'm calling him a certified goal scorer, but another nasty shot there from Jason Dickinson. Felino with the primary assist. And then he also went to go and get his second of the game, Nick Felino on a Joey Anderson rebound to put the Blackhawks back ahead three to two in that second period. However, that was only momentarily as uh, Ryan O'Reilly, the Blackhawks penalty kill woes, man. They just continue to cost this team in close games. I feel like I'm a broken record here. I'm preaching the same things in and out, not only with uh, the, the penalty kill still being atrocious with Ryan O'Reilly's goal last night. The Hawks PK has given up at least one power play goal in 14 of their last 16 games. As a team who struggles to score goals, 
that doesn't bode very well for you, especially like when, when you're trying to stay in close games, giving up power play goals like that are, are going to cost you. And that's really what's led to the Blackhawks tough stretch over the last three weeks or the last month now, quite honestly. But also uh, another thing I sound like a broken record on whenever it feels like this third line gets going or the bottom six is chipping in offensively, they cannot mix and match it with a night where the top line is also productive, which is just so frustrating. I'm sure it is for this Blackhawks bunch as well, but um, Nick Foligno and um, the third line were all responsible for all three goals last night. As I mentioned, there was no scoring here in the third period or in overtime. So this game ended up going on to a shootout. Connor Bedard in his first official NHL shootout attempt. I know as Seth Topal, the host of Lockdown Wild, kindly pointed out on social media last night, his first shootout attempt in the preseason didn't go all that well. If you remember correctly, Bedard kind of deked himself into a hole and then ended up kind of falling flat on his face. It wasn't too good of a look, but he redeemed himself here on his first official shootout attempt with a nice little uh, four, or backhand forehand maneuver and then beating the goaltender low glove. But that was all the Blackhawks could muster up in the shootout. Tyler Johnson ended up getting stopped, and then the Preds score on all three of their shootout attempts. They wind up taking this one with a 4-3 to three final in overtime. The Blackhawks, they do some really good things here, but aren't able to put an end to their losing skid, and they are now dead last in the entire NHL standings. Arvid Soderbloom, though, I do want to talk about him for a second, Blackhawks fans, because all three goals that the Predators scored last night, and while... I do believe the defense didn't help him out. And even coach Luke Richardson alluded to that when talking to the media after the game, pointing out how the defense needs to help out with those rebounds as well. But nonetheless, all three goals that the Predators scored last night came because of lackluster rebound control from Marvin Soderblom. And these are the things that we're just consistently seeing from him. And man, has he struggled to win at the NHL level, Blackhawks fans. In 26 career starts, Arvid Soderblom has a 4-20-3 record in 30 career outings, I guess I should say, because he's lost 23 of his 26 career starts. And I know the Blackhawks have not been good since he's um, played NHL action, but at the same point in time, a 4-20-3 record, you can't really... Re- you can't go with a rebuttal against that. I mean, at at some point in time, you have to look at the netminder and say, what's going on here. And I talked about this uh, on the show Friday. I believe it was, I think Arvid Soderblom has been underwhelming for sure. I don't think the Blackhawks defense has done him any help, but make no mistakes about it. I think it's been a disappointing start to his first full-time NHL season this year. Um, after what we've seen in Rockford the last couple of years, um, I'm, I'm sure it's discouraging to him and the entire Blackhawks organization because quite honestly, folks, he just looked like he, he looks like he hasn't been ready to take that leap. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think the Blackhawks have an option right now unless they were to go out and get another goaltender because they're not going to be calling up Drew Camesso or Jackson Stauber out of Rockford. So I don't know. It's really a tough situation for the Blackhawks to be in right now with Arvid Soderblom being this underwhelming, but man, it just feels like he can never do enough to get the Blackhawks over that hurdle. And at some point in time, I know the team has been bad, like I said, but you got to look at the goaltender and you look at that record and just leaves you um, desired for more. It leaves you uh, unfulfilled watching Arvid Soderblom these past couple of years, because I really thought he was going to, Look, I didn't think he was going to make the transition look seamless, but I certainly expected him 
to fare better than this. And I know the Blackhawks do as well because they had some high hopes and made some really high-regarded comments about him in the offseason, but it continues to be a struggle for him. The Blackhawks actually put up uh, enough goals offensively for them to go and win that game, but couldn't get the job done, and they've now lost four in a row in 10 of their last 12. All right, there are my thoughts from last night's game as the Hawks extend their losing streak to four games. Coming up in just a moment here, I will dive into Lucas Reichel's ho-hum return to the lineup on the Blackhawks' fourth line. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event, and game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy all of your tickets, whether that's to sporting events, music events, those would be called concerts, theater events, or anything that you need to buy tickets for. I personally have used Game Time for well over a decade now, and not even kidding, I used it last night when I went to the Blackhawks game because it's just so simple and easy. You go and look at the ticket options. It, it, they show you what I personally love the most is how they show you views from every seat in the house so you know exact, exactly what to expect when you're arriving I always use game time, whether I'm trying to go to a Blackhawks game in Chicago or even I used it about a month ago when I was in Las Vegas as well to go and see a concert. It's always the best and the fastest and the easiest way for you to get all of your tickets. I highly recommend you go and download the game time app right now. And if you do go and create an account and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL in all caps, and you'll get $20 off with your first purchase. Again, you could go and get $20 off to go and see Connor Bedard at the United Center this year. All you have to do is download the Game Time app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL in all caps. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed, Game Time. Segment two, let's dive into Lucas Reichel's return for the Blackhawks last night. An interesting decision made, though, by Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson uh, ahead of Lucas Reichel's return. We saw during practice on Monday morning or on Tuesday as well that Lucas Reichel was skating on the fourth line along with Ryan Donato and Mackenzie Whistle. And I get what Luke Richardson is trying to do here, and I, I firmly believe the biggest, the areas where Lucas Reichel needs to make the biggest strides are in terms of his physicality and maintaining possession of the puck and take being able to withstand that contact and continue to drive through it and create opportunities in those types of ways. And that's why, you know, hearing from Richardson, he kind of spoke about that a little bit. And he said, those were the reasonings for putting him down there a little bit. And, you know, I, I understand that. And at the same point in time, he's tinkered with Lucas Reichel throughout the season, you know, on the top line with Connor Bedard at wing He's played at the center position on the second line. He's played on the wing on the second line as well, and nothing really has worked. So I don't want to give Luke Richardson too much flack here, but I still just don't think this is a position that Lucas Reichel is going to succeed in. And it, it just it feels like to me at the very least that if you're going to play him, you might as well play him in a role that's designed for him to have success in. And that's inside the top six with other skill players. And I know these are kind of two entirely different situations, but it almost kind of takes me back to how Dylan Strome was handled a little bit a few seasons ago when the Blackhawks would go and put him down there on the fourth line. Yeah, it was to make a little bit of a statement that he had to be better. But when you put him down there with guys who just aren't playmakers and are more grinder type of players, yes, that's what Lucas Reichel needs to get better at. But I still don't think that's going to lead to production right here, right now. And maybe Luke Richardson is sacrificing that for the long term of Lucas Reichel. 
But I, I still feel like that's just not a spot where you expect to see the results that you're wanting to see out of him, which is him producing offensively and making a difference on the score sheet. Because he just hasn't been doing that enough, especially for the expectations that were coming into this year and the upside that we know he has based on what we saw at the end of last season where he was a point-per-game player for the Blackhawks, albeit in a small sample size. I, I still think it's kind of a waste of time to put Lucas Reichel down there, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, at least. So I hope this is just something that is going to be very short-term here for Lucas Reichel, because I would like to see him back up in the top six, because the Blackhawks just don't have enough. I know it's been a struggle for him in terms of actual finished product, but even if you go and look at the underlying analytics, it does look like he's been snake-bitten so far this season. And look, that that is still an excuse. You need to go out there and get the finished product, but I think if you're playing Lucas Reichel, bottom line, you should be playing him in the top six. But that's just my opinion. But quite honestly, funny enough, I did think Lucas Reichel kind of responded well to be putting down on the fourth line in terms of those those areas that I want to see him improve on. Like defensively, I thought he he had a really good forecheck. He used his speed to his advantage. And more so than anything, he asserted himself into situations where he has to go in and, and take the body to go and force a turnover or, or just go and pressure guys along the boards and force them to have to grind it out and not give people open ice in front of you. I, I liked what I saw out of Lucas Reichel in those areas last night. I thought he challenged guys along the boards really well. And actually the uh, the sequence where he wound up taking a penalty, you go and look at the box score for Lucas Reichel last night. It doesn't look very good. Only one shot on goal with two penalty minutes and 12 minutes of 21 seconds of time on ice, but the penalty that he took, those are kind of the situations that you want to see out of him being aggressive and going, hounding a puck carrier to try and go and get it back. It just sadly ended up being the, the final product that we didn't want, which is him in the penalty box. But those are the signs of him asserting himself in those areas that I, I think he needs to do more of because just playing that skill game hasn't been enough. And he needs to find ways to, go and get the puck back and make something happen that way or, or just make himself an asset in other different areas because it's too one-dimensional right now and even that one dimension isn't doing it for him at this point in time with only six points in 23 games this season. Like I said, even though the analytics show that he's been snake bitten, it's just not good enough for a player with his creativity, his offensive upside and his offensive IQ as well. Um, and that was kind of the case I thought, you know, for the opening 40 minutes, like, uh, another kind of ghost performance out of Lucas Reichel. Another one where it's like, man, this kid, uh, he's getting open. He's finding himself in spots with the puck, but he's just not hanging on to it for a long period of time. Didn't register a shot attempt through the opening 40 minutes, but then I thought had a good third period down the stretch there. Um, him in the fourth line of Donato and Entwistle had a, a good like minute, minute and a half long sequence in the offensive zone where uh, Reichel had his first shot on goal of the game and had another shot attempt get blocked. I thought he did some good things there, but the one thing that stood out to me and it was kind of um, encapsulated because it was in overtime was during his lone shift. Maybe he had two shifts of overtime. I, I can't recall correctly, but during one of his shifts during overtime might've been his only one. He just got bumped off the puck so easily and the play was over just like that. It was done. And that's the thing that stands out to me the most about Lucas Reichel is just how much he's struggling with the physical side of things at the NHL level. And I think it's pretty clear that that's the area that he needs to work on the most because it's just far too easy for opposing players to knock him off course, knock him off his routes, or to take the puck away from him. 
it just looks like he's still struggling with that grown man as aspect of the NHL scene. And he's only 21 years old and those things do take some time as an undersized player. So I don't want to be waving the caution flags around here on Lucas Reichel, but it's, it's starting to get to that time where we need to see those signs. Um, I think we're still a very patient organization in terms of we're going to allow him to go and get those opportunities. And I don't expect the healthy scratchings to be a regular occurrence at this young of an age, but um, these are the things that he needs to be learning right here and right now. And I don't expect him to just flip a switch and be productive, you know, to, to completely change it around, but moving forward, like Lucas Reichel next year, still only going to be 22, going to be a young part of this Blackhawks team. These are the things that he needs to be implementing into his game, getting stronger on his skates on and off the ice, being in the weight room and just being sturdier out there and being able to control the puck a little bit longer. It seems like he's just so easy to knock off of his course right now. That was the thing that stood out the most to me. Um, other than, you know, how much Lucas Reichel is wanting to play with the puck. I just think there are just some physical limitations to his game right now. So kind of a ho-hum return to the lineup for Lucas Reichel last night. But at the same point in time, I wasn't all that surprised when he only got, you know, 12 minutes of ice time and was playing with the fourth line. Um, sadly, it looks like that's where he's going to be playing on Thursday against the Anaheim Ducks based on what we saw at Blackhawks practice this morning, which I'll get into here in just a second. But personally, I would like to see Lucas Reichel go back up and play with some playmakers. Um, I know the end result hasn't been there, but I think we're just going to have to go with it. There just aren't that many options with the Blackhawks depleted forward group at this point in time as Corey Perry's contract was terminated, Taylor Hall's out for the year, and Andreas Athanasiu still isn't skating. All right, there are my thoughts on Lucas Reichel's return to the lineup last night. Kind of lackluster, but we'll see if he can kind of pick it up going forward. Coming up in just a moment here, I do still have to get into some updates out of Blackhawks practice at Fifth Third Arena this morning. But first, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. There's no I in team and there's no I, but there is an I in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform, I'm such a potato, that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed streamlines the hiring process with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. And I personally love Indeed because it's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. So do just that by visiting Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. Again, that's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Need to hire? Then you need Indeed. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, if you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, first and foremost, let me just say thank you very much. And if you haven't done so already, please take the two seconds that it takes in order to go and show some support by smashing that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And also, make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. The pages. Kind of been blowing up here over the last couple of days or last couple of weeks, I guess I should say, as I've been 
uploading some clips of Blackhawks prospects doing some good work and posting some cool graphics and content of Connor Bedard, which, you know, who doesn't love that? And I've also been sharing clips right here live from the show as well. So make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. I greatly appreciate all of the support. All right, segment three. Before I wrap up the show today, I did want to be sure to get into some uh, quick updates that we got out of Blackhawks practice this morning ahead of tomorrow's matchup with Lucas Carlson, the number two overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft in the Anaheim Ducks. First and foremost, Jared Tenorti apparently got banged up in the third period of last night's game. I didn't see the hit that led to this, and I haven't gone back and looked at it yet or seen it on social media or anything, but Tenorti went on to not play in the final 15 minutes of regulation for the Blackhawks and in overtime. And then this morning, the Hawks announced that he has officially entered concussion protocol, which I'm sure has to be frustrating for him, as I believe he's only played in three games now since returning from the oblique injury, which, which cost him almost a month. So definitely a tough blow for Tenorti and definitely a tough uh, break for the Blackhawks as well, as they literally just sent down two left-handed defensemen in Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips ahead of the weekend. So I'm sure this doesn't bode well with the plan that they were wanting to move forward with. And yeah, it just sucks for a locker room guy like Jared Snorty to, to suffer another injury like that, man. Hopefully it won't cost him too much time, but uh, with concussions, you really don't ever know. And with Tenorti entering concussion protocol, that leaves the Blackhawks, like I said, because Phillips and Kaiser were reassigned, that leaves them now with just six defensemen on their active roster. And two of them are Nikita Zaitsev and Louis Clevier. And um, neither of them are exactly what you would call lineup regulars at this very point in time. And based on what I saw today at practice, they were skating together as the Blackhawks third line. So that's definitely cause for some concern there. And because of this, the Blackhawks, unfortunately, to their plans, I'm sure might have to recall yet another defenseman up against uh, up from Rockford before they go up against the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow evening. So some potential options that we could keep an eye out for. I would honestly expect this to happen. I don't think they want to go with a Louis Crevier and a uh, Nikita Zaitsev third pairing with Nikita Zaitsev playing his off wing, might I add. Um, Connor Murphy is also... Um, we, we saw at practice this morning was taking some reps on his offside as well. Something he has done in the past, but it has been a long time since he's done that. So with four right-handed defensemen and two left-handed defensemen on the active roster right now, I really do expect the Blackhawks to call someone up. As far as their options, I think Wyatt, Ka or Wyatt Kaiser, I keep doing this. I think Isaac Phillips, excuse me is the most likely option. I know they literally just sent him down, but I think he's the one who you can expect if you're wanting someone to jump into the lineup right now. I mean, I thought he was playing decently well before the Blackhawks reassigned him. So I would like to see Isaac Phillips back up. I wouldn't rule out uh, Philip Ruse though. Um, someone who's got a big body, is a little bit older, has a lot of professional experience, and they also wouldn't really mind yanking him up from Rockford and costing him game time there. Whereas Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips have been playing together on the same deep pairing down in Rockford since they were reassigned. So maybe that's a reason that they go with Ruse instead of Isaac Phillips. And then just throwing an outside the box option here. Ethan Del Mastro has been phenomenal for the Rockford Ice Dogs so far this year, Blackhawks fans. He's been shipping in offensively. He's now got two goals, uh, doing his thing on the defensive side of things too. It looks like he's 
handling the pro scene really well based on, you know, the big frame that he has and the style that he already kind of implemented in his game before this year. I think that's why, you know, I have him so high in my Blackhawks prospect rankings year in and year out, because I think he's ready to play a pro style game. I don't think it's likely that Del Mastro gets called up, especially with Louis Crevier already up here and how many, you know, notable defensemen do they really want to be recalling from Rockford? So for those reasons, I do expect it to be uh, Isaac Phillips. And if it's not him, I think it'll be Philip Ruse. I also did want to be sure to mention that after practice, uh, Coach Luke Richardson mentioned that the hope is for Andreas Athanasiu to start start skating once again by the end of the week. And man, could the Blackhawks use his speed back? I know it wasn't the most consistent start to his season, and that's always been the problem with Athanasiu has been his consistency. But the Blackhawks surely just need his skill and speed back in the lineup. And I think it'll give a big boost to this Blackhawks top six. I think it'll allow for Anthony Beauvillier to go and remain on the top line with Bedard and Kurashev. And then they can also go with Lucas Reichel and Andreas Athensiu back together, which interestingly enough, even when AA was healthy, coach Luke Richardson didn't really go to that duo despite their success together at the end of the last season. I would like to see them get reunited uh, with maybe Taylor Radish or Tyler Johnson on the second line whenever Andreas Athensiu is able to return, and hopefully that will be in the next couple of weeks here. All right, folks, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. That way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow your boy on X at Jack Bushman too. Or you can go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day.